Hello and welcome to another episode of AdventuresIn.net. I'm Sean Kleber, your host, and with me today, your co-host, Caleb Wells. Hey, Caleb. Hey, y'all. How's it going? Good. You've been traveling lately, haven't you? Yeah, a good bit. Yeah. Spent uh, Memorial Day with with my brother and his family. Hadn't seen them in a while, so. And had a conference a few weeks back for my for work and ended up getting COVID and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's wow. been a busy couple of weeks. Wow. So, uh, so you managed to get through it. Did you have many symptoms? No, no. It was very mild, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm vaccinated and boosted. And it was really just like kind of like, you know, flu-like symptoms. Oh. And I just isolated myself for for about a week and all good. So so the rest of the family? Yeah. Oh, good. Yep. Yep. Everybody's fine. No one else got sick. So, which that's a blessing. How are you? Okay. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. good. You know, I didn't do too much for, uh, for Memorial Day, but I'm actually going to take uh, next week off from work. I'm going to go up and see another doctor about my, uh, my finger and see what I can do. Mm. See if I can get that replaced or, or the joint in it replaced or something along those lines, something to do better. You know, I still can't. Well, fingers crossed but, that they get your <laughs> finger figured out. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thanks. <laughs> yep. Well, let's yep. bring on our guest. Let's bring in our guest. Welcome, Ferry 2. Hello, everyone. Hi, Ferry. Hey. Hey, folks. This is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that... I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there. And we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So uh, we like to start off the show with our guests uh, to give us just kind of a brief little introduction. If you can tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into development and uh, how you got into .NET. Yeah, actually, I, I'm currently working as a lead developer of a start company. And besides that, uh, I'm also my created my own business a few years ago. Before I started my own business, I was a software architect for uh, some local corporates to do the developments and also coaching my junior developers. And when I'm free, I like to research on technologies and programming also cycling and table tennis. So if there's some local audience for this podcast, you, you can just communicate with me and see if we can, whether we can go cycling together. <laughs> table tennis, table tennis, what some other people might call ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> some people Depends on where you're from, don't right? Know, don't know. You know, the, the proper <laughs> call it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in in the south, we call it ping pong. I mean, you know, of course, you know, we're yeah, we're southerners. So. We also call ping pong, <laughs> you know, in Hong Kong. Okay, right. so how did you get into .NET? Yeah, it was funny because when I was studying in university, I was uh, teach about Java actually, 
But however, when I start working on the second company, I start using .NET at around uh, 2003, I guess. So uh, at that time, I'm start learning .NET and stick to it for most of the time doing the uh, backend developments. And you know, at that time, that we are still using WinForms and mm. <laughs> not even had with a page. <laughs> As I can remember, so throughout my uh, career, .NET is my uh, mentality stack to use. Oh, same here. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you tell us a little bit about the startup and what soft technologies y'all are using there? Yeah, actually, our startup is working on a messaging products, and we have been using .NET for for a while because my startup company was enterprise oriented company, which Build chatbots and use a .NET Core and entity frameworks. Uh, as this should be very familiar with other .NET frameworks, I guess. We also use SignalR to do some hmm. real time communication between clients because, as as I said, we we are doing a messaging products. We send out I think a tens of millions messages per month. I guess actually, hmm. uh, our company is also an official partner of. Facebook, so there will be huge amount of messages to handle. Therefore, our engineering team choose .NET because uh, it has the efficiencies required to to handle this situation, also to balance the uh, development experience. As you know, uh, we can use some other technologies like uh, Node.js or whatever to because nowadays uh, developers are. Hard to hire for dollar technology somehow, and but but we don't compromise it. We still try to balance the development experience and also the, the efficiencies. So we still stick into the dollar technology and C sharp. Mm-hmm. So are you are you doing everything on premise, or are you do, using Azure? Actually, we are not uh, hosting our applications on Azure because I'm not in the decision position to uh, choose the. Cloud platforms. Uh, currently, we, our process are hosting on GCP. Mm-hmm. However, for development side, we are, all technologies we use are mainly Microsoft technologies. Hmm. So you you wrote an article on Medium talking about automation and some some open source tooling. Are you using them in your 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 code your projects? Yeah, actually, uh, this was some R&D task for me uh, in my current company because may, may I may I talk a joke about <laughs> our development experience in our current company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, because uh, when I start joining this company, uh, we try to push some industry standards to do more serious code review. So I introduced some uh, auto code review tools, and then. <laughs> It it may be scary for someone to look at, uh, because the tools report our code base uh takes seven years to manage and fix. Mm. So <laughs> it was quite scary. Oh, okay. Besides that, actually, uh, as I just said before, because our company is uh, doing a messaging product, so we also have to let our users to do some. Periodic task to retrieve some data from from different places, or updating the database. So we having this task to to do some research because uh, as currently our developers are writing some quite manual way in 
in the code base to do some repetitive tasks uh, mm-hmm. using the, for example, they, they write their own functions to call uh, task.1 and set, set, set okay. a parameter to see whether the task should stop or not. So this is not a good way to do that because we, we don't reinvent the real world. That's why we are trying to find out some uh, libraries to do that uh, instead of we uh, diff- mm-hmm. implement ourselves. Yep. So, so you think uh, .NET is a good technology for startups to use? Is that you know somebody else out there is th- thinking about starting their own little company? Would you recommend that they go with .NET? Actually, personally, I, I love .NET, but in reality, we also s- struggle with a hiring problem because, as you know, in startup environment, you have to increase your manpower uh, quite rapidly to uh, catch up this, the product development cycle. However, uh, I don't know why, but it seems like the .NET talent is not easy to find. Uh, especially in APEC region, because uh, actually I am the development lead of our uh, APEC team. So, and we all have suffering some tenant acquisition problems because we, we can't find some good .NET developers for our company. And this situation continues for some months already. Yeah, I hmm. think that's a common problem with a lot of technology companies right now. It matter, doesn't matter what kind of technology you're using. But trying to find good talent out there is is very very tough. A lot of companies are struggling. You know, I, there are some uh, companies that are are doing some layoffs because of the downturn in the economy, the U.S. economy at least. Uh, so the the pool might uh, kind of you know get a little bit better for you to to find people out there that are looking for a, a job after they've been uh, laid off. So hopefully that goes well for you. So what technologies with the with .dot net are you using? Also we. Use uh, Signal Out as I described before because uh, we have some uh, real time communications between our clients, just like uh, WhatsApp, uh, Telegram, mm-hmm. as you know, that some uh, instant messaging product. Uh, we, we are doing similar things, but for SME and enterprise. So uh, we also containerize our application for each of our customers. There. Therefore, when our clients have to communicate with other clients, we use Signal Out as some built-in communication medium. So how do you manage, you mentioned millions of messages a month. How are you managing resources and load balancing, scaling? Is containerization one of the ways that you're managing that? Yeah, uh, this because uh, in our company current architectures, we try to scale out with our customers using the Kubernetes on okay. Google infrastructure. Yep. Uh, so we containerize our DOM applications and with some sometimes we also contain a standalone MongoDB servers and Redis cache. So we, we have a Kubernetes ports for each client and currently we already have or almost 4,000 clients, and therefore we have 4,000 Kubernetes plus on uh, Google infrastructure. So that's the way we try to uh, increase our capacity to uh, handle more and more messaging between clients. Are there any challenges that you ran into, you know, trying to get things set up for your startup business, you know, other than, than finding talent? Mm, I have to do both of these tasks, so uh, may I... Have your pardon. So what was that? 
Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, we we are doing the the messaging on both platforms, web and mobile. So we we also have that uh, front end kind. Okay. So what are you using for to build out for mobile? Are you using Xamarin or are they straight Android or iOS apps? Originally, they start with uh, native developments using the Objective C's and uh, Java. Mm-hmm. However, they they try they are trying also uh, moving to some hybrid apps development environment using Flutter's. It's quite pity that uh, this was a decision before I joined the company. Otherwise, I will suggest to use uh, to try out MAUI or Xamarin, uh, mm-hmm. as you just mentioned, because the Development experience is not bad, but however, you 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 know the documentation sometimes is not quite in place. So, uh, in a fast-moving company, we also have to balance how our developers can catch up the technology fast enough to uh, uh, produce the product. So that's why we also we are trying. Uh, in parallel, both uh, VXJS and Flutter. Gotcha. Hey, folks, I'm here with JD from Raygun. You know, JD, we were talking just a second ago about empathy, and it seems like a common concept within the programming community. And yet, when we're building features for customers, a lot of times we call it done when it passes CI, deploys, and doesn't give us errors. And that really doesn't seem very empathetic when it comes to our customers because we're not looking at what they're doing. Do you have thoughts on this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, until until your code actually hits the customer, um, you don't really know if it's any good. Uh, you know, everybody uses things in so many different weird and wonderful ways. You can only really debug in production. Um, yeah, I've been there. It's old, done. Yeah. It's not done. Oh, crap. It's not done. <laughs> I got to go fix it. Now it's done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And when we see things like error reports flowing into Raygun, right. you know, a lot of the time it's things where you just kind of go, oh, that was a configuration that as a developer mm-hmm. I, I didn't think could exist, but actually here's an example. And so it's connecting that code to customer and your development team through to real users and their experiences, which to your point, builds real empathy. And the best software teams care a lot about how their customers are experiencing their software. Right. It's kind of the feedback from the app, but it's also kind of this meta feedback is we do better, we tend to get less of this negative input back from our customer, which really does reflect empathy. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think to your point earlier about CICD pipelines, like we've done an amazing amount of work as an industry to automate getting to prod really fast. But if you really want to go super fast, you need to close that loop with real-time feedback from prod back to the dev team. And that allows them to do things like fail forward and just do, you know, really leverage that investment in CICD and, and it can turn into a real superpower. Yep, absolutely. So I'm going to encourage you folks, yeah, set up your CICD, but then go sign up for Raygun. They'll actually give you a free trial and you can get it at raygun.com. I also see that you wrote an article about uh, creating a, a Wordle type game using Blazor and C yeah. Sharp. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's kind uh, of fun. Is, yeah, kind of fun. Blazor is uh, one of my most really interested technology for recent years because uh, I, I think many .NET developers like me have this kind of situation before. We are all struggle in the JavaScript from framework hype. So most people will choose a React.js and Actually, I spent some months to try out each kind of framework. And at the end, I think a few years ago, I chose Vue.js because it's progressive and more easy to learn. However, at the time, Blazor coming out, I, I was so exciting because I can finally write front-end apps 
in completely C sharp and uh, generated web web assembly is quite impressive and also it has multiple kinds of uh, deployment options which is very wonderful you you can do it completely front end using the web assembly deployment you can also do uh, the server side deployment if you need some server side rendering and you also mix them up it, it is quite uh, incredible because if you have to do the same thing in other kind of technologies, for example, maybe, maybe React, you have to uh, implement the surface rendering in Node.js uh, with maybe Express uh, and need to communicate with uh, React.js. Although all of them based on JavaScript, it's still not an easy task to do that. However, in .NET, you, you can just with a single .NET new command you you can already have the templates ready and you you can start working on it which is great i have to admit i've never played wordle so i'm probably one of the (laughs) rare people out there that you know i've heard all about it you know that that it was the latest craze but i guess i'm just kind of old or too busy and haven't had a time to play it so so what's the rules of wordle i've done it how do you do wordle yeah yeah, you can actually you just uh, get some words, and I I have a plan to trying to move the Wordle repository into a more serious one to include some ASP.NET backends instead of just mm. load all the answers uh, to to the front end. And I'm also uh, planning to do some uh, experiments with with Blazor also. So I in, in future months. I may have uh, new articles about uh, Blazor and MAUI. See if I can make some AI applications with Blazor. Cool. Is Wordle like Hangman? Uh, <laughs> actually, it's more or more or less like like that because uh, in uh, Hangman, you uh, every time you you type uh, characters, uh, you, you lose a chance, and after a few attempts. Uh, the man was handed and you lose. However, in, in Wordle, you, you guess the whole words. Oh, all at once. All at once. Okay, yeah. I get it. Yeah, so a little bit different there. I, I remember one of the very first programs that I wrote was a hangman game and it was on a, yeah. a TRS-80 color computer. It had 4K <laughs> of memory and oh, I, I, could only do, I could only put 25 words in the hangam, hangman game before I ran out of memory. Yeah, uh, in hangman, you don't having hints when you're trying to guess each character. But in Wordle, when you're submitting your answers, there will be some hints return, just like a game called Mastermind. Mm-hmm. Did you remember mm-hmm. that? I remember that, yep. Just, just like Master, Mastermind, because they, they will tell you which characters are correct in position and which characters are both in correct positions and the actual characters. Cool. Well, so, so uh, you know, I found I found one of the things I'm really enjoying about Blazor is the reuse of code. Right, uh, we're doing WebAssembly, but between the WebAssembly and the API, the back end, right, we're sharing models, uh, sharing validation. Right, it's it's really nice. You have less code. It's cleaner, and it makes more sense to me with your your Wordle app. What have you done with Blazor that you liked most? What what what's the feature that you feel like you got the most mileage out of? Actually, that was one of my pet projects, and 
the the last part of a uh, blazer is you the development experience is very good. You you don't have to install many tools to do that because in in JavaScript world you also have to set up some build system, for example webpacks and etc. But in in blazer you just need the .NET SDK, I guess, and maybe Visual Studio Code as most people are using nowadays. So uh, the different experience is most impressive to me for Blazers. And as what well, another thing is some sometimes uh, people may think, oh, you are using some Microsoft-based technology. You you can't do you can't create some stunning uh, user interfaces uh, as the JavaScript does. But however, in Blazor, I I think we can all do the same. We we all yep. already create some very stunning UI. And actually, the Blazor project was using the Mud Blazor's UI component libraries, so uh, it's quite easy to use. It's just like the, the the same as my different experience in a few JS. So, what was your experience with doing things like authentication and things like that with Blazor? Actually, this is quite interesting and a bit tricky because uh, if you find some articles, answers from Stellarflow or Medium, you always find that uh, people are writing articles on Blazor's the server side of authentications, but seldomly uh, talk about how to do that in the front end side. So I, I've spent some time on it and found out that it was quite easy to do that because actually you just have to uh, override one class and edit some XAML in, I don't remember, maybe in, in main layout dot razor, just two files you, you have to edit and then you can just do the, although it maybe look like a, a fake authentication, but it's already enough for front-end, you know. Developers you should always do the, the serious authentication on server-side, uh, but in some cases, you also have to uh, display some authentication forms and limit access to some uh, routes on your front-end apps, right? That's my point. You know, I've done a little work myself with Laser and front-end using Identity Server, Duende, and actually found it when you're using .NET 6 and using the latest version of Duende to actually be really straightforward using their backend for front-end. So I, I do find uh, these days it's much more straightforward, much simpler to get a .NET C-sharp app up and running than it used to be. <laughs> so you've written, you've written a number of articles on Medium. Do you have any ideas of what your next article goes, is going to be covering? Actually, I... Is some uh, experiments on how to write a very, very simple plugin architectures with just using C Sharp and in a, a console applications to demonstrate you can actually uh, write some fluent APIs or plugin like architecture code in just a few lines instead of uh, maybe you, you have to do it very difficult in other backend technologies. For example, the, the idea is uh, you just have uh, console applications to uh, print some line of text, but uh, you can easily create some uh, plugins to modify the text you edited in a pipeline way, just like uh, the middleware pipeline is uh, ASP.NET applications. So I'm trying to do that and demonstrate this kind of techniques in C-sharp and in uh, .NET 
a console application, but this was my original planning, my next medium articles. However, uh, I think this may be <laughs> too simple and I'm thinking whether we can have some of my uh, originally written in other technologies uh, from the applications and then uh, convert them into uh, places and my next articles uh, pending towards this direction. Okay. Okay, great. We'll have to keep an eye out for those. So uh, I think we're uh, just about at our time for today. So I'm going to move us on to picks. That's all right. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance. I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. Caleb, you want to go first? What's your pick? Uh, Sure. Yeah, my pick is actually the third season of a show I really enjoyed. It just came out. It's The Boys, season three. It is very uh, violent (laughs) and graphic. (laughs) Similar to the comic books, if you've read the, the comics, which I've read some of them. But no, it's really well done, and the the stars of it, especially Homelander, do a really good job. So uh, I'm looking forward to to watching the new season. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd watch any of that, but I don't I don't know if my wife would go for something. She get, generally doesn't like the heavy violent shows and things like that. So we we then tend she to watch most like this of our <laughs> yeah most of most of the TV things that we watch we tend to watch together because. Yeah, uh, at night, gotcha. things like that. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, my pick this week is actually the new series Obi Wan Kenobi. So, we've got yeah. Disney Plus, and Ooh, comes along. Wolves. Yep, comes along with my my phone plan. So that's nice. So uh, they just came out with the uh, third episode this week, and uh, you know Darth Vader is there. And so this uh, is actually set about ten years after the uh, Revenge of the Sith. So after he kind of beat uh, Anakin at the, the that fire river, the river of lava oh, that they right. were fighting at, things like that. So it picks up a little bit after that and deals with some of uh, their children, which is an interesting thing, you know, because you think back mm-hmm. when the original Star Wars first came out, that episode, you know, you're kind of filling in the gaps between there when Luke was the age that he has at that episode versus... You know, when he, the last thing you saw him is they were just born in, in the Revenge of the Sith. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many episodes are going to be uh, for the season, but it was nice that, you know, they brought back Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. So it's filling in well and it's uh, really interesting through at least three episodes. So check it out. Okay. My pace uh, is actually this week I watch uh, some Japanese emanations mm-hmm. uh, with my wife. I'm, Lao suggests saying a new amen to everybody called uh, Spice Family, uh, which is very uh, popular in a- Asia, I think. Oh, and I-, I already see some uh, 
some children already uh, cosplaying uh, one character called Anya in uh, Europe as well. Uh, this is a very uh, interesting and and funny and lovely comedy animations uh, in Japan, and it is um, still releasing uh, each episode maybe weekly, I think. So please check it out. It's so funny because uh, it's about some someone uh, adopted a, a little girl with a superpower and ha- having a, a very beautiful and good in martial arts wife. And actually, they are not in a real relationship of our family and causing many jokes. All right. All right. Cool. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Ferry. It was nice to have you as, as a guest. Sure. It was great. We'll include the uh, links to your LinkedIn and, and articles in our show notes. So, so if our listeners want to check them out, they can do that. If our listeners want to get in touch with the show, they can get in touch with me. We'd love to hear what you want to hear from us. Topics to cover, feedback, get me on Twitter. I am at .NET Superhero. Dun, 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 dun. And I, I am I at Caleb Wells Codes. All right. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you missed it. I miss not being here. <laughs> Great. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll catch our listeners okay, on thank the you, Yep. Go ahead. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. We'll catch our listeners on the next episode of Adventures in .NET. Bye, y'all. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.